Yeah, all right. Here we go. Three. You ready to go, Art? I'm ready to go. Let's do this thing. Okay. This is Business on Tap. All right. Welcome to Business on Tap, a podcast that features delicious beverages and fine small businesses here in the Susquehanna River Valley on behalf of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. I'm Chad Evans, and I got Art Thomas here with me, president of Mech Tech and Diversified Construction. That is correct. You get an A+. Plus. <laughs> I told you I did my research. Yes. Before we get to all that, I want to say thank you for having me uh, here doing a podcast on Business on Tap on behalf of the Chamber of Commerce, uh, our very good friends, that you oversee. Yes. Uh, I want to thank you for considering <laughs> us as uh, an opportunity to do your podcast. And yes, currently it's my turn to have a two-year stint as yeah. the chairman of the board yeah. of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. And Art, you do a really good job. Thank you. Do a you. really good job at what you're doing. And in here tonight, we're celebrating 50 years. 50 years of MechTech Incorporated and 20 years of diversified construction. It's a huge night. We gave away some prizes, and uh, we're here at Eclipse Craft Brewing Company in downtown Sunbury. And I want to ask you a, a lot of questions. Okay. And I just need 15 minutes of your time. You got it. Why is it so important to celebrate these two businesses in hand in hand? We've been here since 1971 yeah. serving the community, mainly Snyder, Northumberland counties, Union 2, and Montour. But with the business we have, which is professional land surveying and municipal engineering land development, we get to know a lot of the municipalities officials. We get to know a lot of the people. We're a small company in a small market and we do small jobs. So it gives us an opportunity to know the people and I think that it's a cause for celebration. We've had a, a change in ownership in the last couple of years. After 47 years, the prior owner, uh, my father-in-law, yep. uh, sold the businesses to me in 2018 and now I'm faced with leaving a legacy for my two sons, one in mech tech and one in diversified. And I, I, I try to be humorous when I say to people uh, that years ago, over the last five years, I was just trying to make it to the finish line. You know, I'm yeah. 57 and I've, you know, eight years is 65. You're ten, just getting ten started. Ago. Yeah. So I switched from just making it to the finish line to, oh, I, I better work on leaving a legacy here because I got two millennials that think they want to stick around for a while so we started to do some advertising we started to do some additional community involvement and it's worked out for us a graduate of Shikolami High School in 1982 that's right Penn State 1986 that's right you stuck around and but right after college you 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 majored in Civil engineering. Bachelor. Civil engineering, yeah, yeah. which is huge at Penn State. That's right. And then, but right out of Penn State, you went to Harrisburg. That's right. Let's back up a little bit. I, yeah. got, I always have to point out that uh, 82 Shikolimi grad, in that era, Shikolimi was the king of the mountain. Well, academically, athletically, uh, people look to Southern Columbia today. Uh, when I graduated, Southern Columbia was in the midst of a 22-game football losing streak, and Shikolimi was the state-ranked team. 
And that's the life we lived. I was a jock. I tried to be a jock. At five foot seven, 180 pounds, you realize later in life you're not going to be a professional athlete. But that's what I was sick of me. And Penn State, you know, I was there for two national championships. I was a season ticket holder for the 82 and 86 national championship season. So I went from being player to cheerleader. And that was an interesting transition, too. <laughs> so then I get out and I go to Harrisburg to work for corporate America. I went, for, I went to a big engineering company and I worked there for 12 years designing heavy highways. So I designed interstate highways. Some people out there listening might be familiar with the uh, Capitol Beltway in Harrisburg. Okay. I designed, my team designed the piece of highway that closed that beltway. It's called the 581 connector on the west side by the Holiday Inn there on the Carlisle Pike. It connects Route 81 to 581. And it was about a three-mile job, and that was one of my first marquee jobs working at Gannon Fleming. But, uh, you know, you get to start forgetting your kids' middle names when you're working 80 hours a week and the kids were small. So it was time to come home and coach Little League and be on the football board and nest and raise the kids. Yeah. Someone doesn't, isn't born and then be like, you know, they want to be astronauts or quarterbacks or... Yeah. In 68, I still have a tape, a tape, reel-to-tape tape. I was on uh, Talk to Santa here <laughs> oh, in WK. Oh, you did Talk to yeah. Santa with... Okay. Yeah, and I was going to be the next quarterback for the Shikolami Braves. And if you realize, 68, Shikolami was still a really brand new sure. thing. It was sure. three years sure. old. Sure, yeah. I'm four years old, and I was going to be the next Shikolami quarterback. Yeah, so I was going to be that. I was going to be a park ranger for a while. You know, there's only a few of them, and bless those that stick with it and make but Art, it. But Art, how did you get into engineering? Oh, I have the answer. Are you ready? Yeah. Here, here it comes. Yeah. When I was a kid, we used to go once a year to Harrisburg, to the Harrisburg East Mall. We would go the day after Thanksgiving to do our Christmas shopping. On the way home from Christmas shopping, we would stop at the McDonald's on North Front Street because it was the only McDonald's in driving distance okay. from Sunbury. <laughs> but every time we went to the East Mall, we went through the Eisenhower Interchange, and I would see this 81, uh, 81, 83, 22 nest of ramps going all over the place, and it amazed me, and I'd sit in the car and say to my parents, I'm going to design that stuff. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to draw that stuff when I grow up. And that's what I did. I went to college and ended up being a highway design engineer before I came back home to be a municipal land development engineer. There was no prereqs. Like, your, your parents, grandparents didn't design anything. You no. Just, you, did, the, you thought that that was what yeah, you wanted to do? Well, well, I didn't know as a 10, 12, 14-year-old that... Uh, that what that was going to involve. Yeah. It's just, I'm going to do that. You yeah. Know? And of course, I am the first member of my immediate family to make it through post-secondary education sure. to a bachelor's level. Yep. So no, blue-collar parents, you know, a mom who raised kids and never worked after marriage. Um, and the blue-collar dad said, you're going to go to college, that old, that old deal. And back in that time frame, that's how it was, and that was acceptable to preach that. From Harrisburg to Mech Tech. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that transition. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the missing link, isn't it? Again, I grew up in Northumberland, and uh, I met my wife at Shikalimi, and she is in Sunbury. Her family's in Sunbury. So they've always been there. Uh, we moved away for corporate America after after a few years. Yeah. That job took me to Baltimore. We went okay. to Baltimore, watched the Orioles play, you know, and we're living a high life. And then as the kids were getting a little bit older, I had an opportunity to come home with the family business, MechTech, and, and, and give up the 80 hours a week and, and become the coach and be with the kids. And I took that opportunity. When you first took that opportunity, did you enjoy it? 
No, it was rough. It was a tough transition. What did you have to learn? I had to learn to work with family. I had to learn. And how old were you at this time? I moved home in 98, so I was 30. I was just about 34. I was almost 34. 34 when I okay. Yeah. That's pretty young. Yeah, to- yeah. But I'd already had 12 years in at Gannett Fleming. Yeah. And, and I was climbing that ladder. I mean, there was, there was rungs to be had ahead of me that they were just there wide open for me. But, uh, you know, if you don't want to put in the time and, and sweat equity there that way. You just saw a better opportunity back at home, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. That, it was going to be a better opportunity. I was going to yeah. be able to be family man again. Yeah. I mean, you got to sacrifice if you're going to be in corporate America and climb the ladder and step on people as, you're, as you make your way up to the top. you got to do more than the others. And I did that for a while. I suppose you could say burnout. I don't like saying that, but uh, but no, you're right. There was there was, there was uh, you know there was one year I worked 700 hours overtime. Now, people talk about 60 hour weeks. They throw that around all the time. But if you know you work 2,000 hours in a year and you work 700 hours well, overtime, that gives you some perspective. And I, I I know your son. You just have. No, I got two sons and a daughter. You uh, do? Oh, two yeah, sons and a daughter. Yeah, so Michael is my engineer at Mechtech. Okay, okay. And Sam okay. is uh, our project designer okay. and house estimator at Diversify Construction. But back in the day, when you made that move from Harrisburg to Mechtech, it was coming to work with my brother-in-law and my father-in-law. My wife was going to be happy being with her mom, close to home. No kids at the time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We had all three kids when we moved home. And how old were they? When we moved home, they were five, seven, and nine. So the reason why I'm asking is because I have twin daughters. They're six years old, mm-hmm. and I have a, a son. He's two years old. Mm-hmm. My life has never been more crazy in my entire life. Yeah, well, that's how it is, and it will it will remain that way <laughs> till the last one's out of the house. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's so enjoyable now. You know, my youngest is 28, so they're 28, yeah. 30, and 32. Yeah. And, that's just the way. That's just life. You know, get but the that, minivan that, or your choice of family but, trucks. But to work that amount of hours, that's, you had to have. That's why we moved home. My wife was a homemaker. Yeah. She's a registered nurse. Yeah. But when we moved from Harrisburg to Baltimore with Gannett Fleming, part of the deal was, okay, honey, I'll go to Baltimore, but I don't have to work anymore. Gotcha. So we went to Baltimore, and she's full-time raising the kids. Yep. We moved back to Harrisburg with the company and worked there for five, six more years after we moved back. And she didn't work for 17 years. And let me tell you how nice it was learning to live on one professional income for 17 years. And right when the, the company goes into recession in 08, 09, 10, yeah, sure. she goes back to work as a registered nurse. So we doubled our income while everybody else was dying. I see. Because nurses are needed. It was a recession. Yep. People were losing their jobs, but yep. not nurses. And I had the job here with the family engineering and construction so we made it through the recession she got a job as a nurse through recession and all of a sudden we started paying our debts yeah we started paying our debts down till they went away interesting yeah. wow fantastic tell me about the two companies that are are joined because yeah. i think it could be confusing to people so sure. we have we have mech tech and diversified construction how did this come about and why are they joined MechTech Incorporated started out as survey services in 1971, two registered surveyor partners, and it stayed that way from 71 to 98, so 27 years of survey services. That business dissolved, and my father-in-law remained with my brother-in-law and myself, and we started MechTech Incorporated Engineers and Surveyors. My father-in-law is a surveyor, my brother-in-law and I were engineers, so we just kept going forward as engineers, and that was in 98. 
in 2000, we got the bright idea. Let's start a little construction company so we can turnkey jobs. MechTech will design them, Diversified will build them. And that's how Diversified got started. But it didn't take long to realize MechTech couldn't design stuff fast enough to keep Diversified fed. So Diversified started bidding its own jobs, roof replacements, concrete foundations, pole buildings, you name it, whatever's profitable. So Diversified kind of went out on its own. But to this day, there's still a couple times a year where MechTech goes out and does something and Diversified will go. A lot of times our drainage solutions, people have wet basements. Well, MechTech will go out and design a solution Diversify to go out and repair the solution. Let me ask, like Art, when you're building these companies, mm-hmm. is it hard to find people, adequate people that can help facilitate the needs of the customer in correspondence with the company? Like, do you? Is it hard? Like, I'm going to. How, how do you re, how do you rely on new people? Like, how do you do this? We at MechTech, we have controlled our growth. We're selective with the work we do, and we don't hire often. Well, what qualifications do they need? To come well, the, on board? the last hire was a surveyor graduate from college, and before him was an engineer from Penn State. Trevor, that I talked about earlier tonight, he's from Chambersburg. Grew up in Chambersburg, went to Penn State, graduated with an engineering degree, and instead of brain drain, we brain gained him to the valley. And we hired him in 2017, and that was big. We went from four people to five people at that time. And I went to Penn State. I reviewed 10 resumes. I picked six guys to bring in. And I made an offer and they came. I'm in a rare situation where I can be choosy of who we're going to hire because there's actually more than what I need. Sure. Diversify construction, that's a different story. Trying to get the carpenters and laborers that we need. Again, small company. We had the same guys for 14 years. Right. Boom. One crew, same guys for 14 years. We lost one guy earlier this year. He made a decision to change his lifestyle. Okay. And uh, we haven't been able to replace him yet since. And that's because we can't pay what some of these other corporate America companies are paying to come work in the distribution centers and bonuses that are given. I can't give somebody a $10,000 bonus to start out at $32 an hour working on a home, home modification construction project. So how do we fix that? We wait for the unemployment people to come back to okay. work. We wait for a resupply. Okay. We're, we're counting our blessings. Yep. We're trying real hard. Yep. We're, we're, we've got a backlog of work. We're trying our desperate list of work. I've got mech tech guys going out and helping the diversified guys get the work done right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah so diversified is just like everybody else trying to find help. Mech tech, we're fortunate. We don't have that problem. When we want to hire, we usually have a pool to choose from. Do you enjoy it? Yeah. Do you ha- are you having yeah. fun, Art? Yeah, and I'll tell you, when I left Gannon Fleming, I thought yeah. I was never going to enjoy it uh, after I got up here for a little bit. Well, and took why? Tw- why? Well, it just it was different. You know, I was I was in corporate America. I had spreadsheets. I had, I had organizational charts. <laughs> I had clients that paid millions of dollars to the company. So I charged my timesheet, and it didn't matter how many hours I had. That's not yeah. true that it didn't matter, but it seemed that way. Yeah. You'd work on the same job for a year and a half. And it was 40 hours every week or 15 hours overtime. It was just the same job week yeah. after week. Now it's got you, you two hours. You've got to make sure you don't overbuild a client. You know, I met with him. How long was that phone call? You know, yeah. it's not like the big jobs. It was hard to adjust to that way. Your day is different every day, right? Yes, or is it? Yeah. Well, go, go through your nine to five. Like okay. Art wakes up, the alarm <laughs> clock goes off. What does Art do? Art, uh, 
He gets up and walks a half um, walks a half an hour every day, bar none. Now, Where are you going? I say bar none. That's, I probably walk a half an hour, three hundred and sixty days a year. Where are you going? Outside. I walk. Through, I, what do you, what do you I, walk? Walk, I walk outside, <laughs> unless it's snow or ice. Yeah. I'll, if it or pouring rain. If it's not raining when I leave and it's raining when I get back, and I'm what, get a little. Wet. What time are we getting up? We're usually getting up at uh, five. Five. Okay. Five, sometimes four thirty if I have a seven thirty chamber board meeting. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll get up at 6 if I don't have anything right away. And I take the dog for a half-hour walk, and then I make breakfast. And that's another reason I got out of debt, was I made breakfast every day for about 15 years. I didn't pay for it. I didn't pay for a $5 coffee every day for 15 years. That saved us a pile of money making breakfast. Oatmeal <laughs> and a couple slices of bacon and an egg. Makes you know? a difference. It makes a huge difference. <laughs> so I make breakfast, and then okay. I get my shower, and then I gather my stuff and go to work. And I check my email. And, uh, boy, the email, you know how email yeah. is. It? Yeah, so you got to yeah. go through the email. And I had phone messages from the night before. And then I've got a proposal to do or the phone rings and it's somebody that wants us to do a survey or wants us to do some work. Okay. And then I make sure the guys got what they need. I mean, with, with my two sons kind of leading things. And then Scott that I mentioned. i got Scott and MechTech that's been around forever. Sure. He oversees the, the design squad. Sure. i got Wally out in the field. He takes care of everything in the field. Yeah. We just got to make sure he's got the job to do, the materials to do it, the permits to do it, and he takes care of the, the squad and gets it done. Yeah. So I have Sam in the office doing the proposals, all the material acquisition, all the permit acquisitions. I can count on him. I can count on Mike. So that allows me. I had an accountant tell me 20 years ago that you should be striving to be more on the company than in the company. Yeah. And it took That's me easier said than done. It though. took me almost twenty years. I feel now like I am having the opportunity to be more on the company, plan parties like tonight, be involved with the chamber, be involved with the United Way, become more a part of the community, and cross my fingers and trust that everything's being taken care of the office when I'm not there. And when I was more in the company, I couldn't be out on the company doing But you're less stuff. hands-on than you were. Oh, yeah. Right? But is it is it is it less stressful? No. Oh. It's more stressful. Oh, yeah. Because you're not hands-on. Oh, well, you know, that's, How do you... I, well, no, I wouldn't say more stressful. I think I have as no? much stress as a third grader who's getting bullied. I think everybody <laughs> has stress. It's just different stress. Yeah. And to, to say that I've got more stress than my guys that are hands-on, heck no, they're hands-on. They've got yeah. the hands-on stress. Yeah. So I just have gone through different phases of stress. And I'm in the hand, I'm on the are business you, on. Are you going to retire soon? No, uh, but I am thinking about uh, having things transition by the time I'm 65 to 67. I'd like to go to 67 because my wife will be approaching retirement age at that That'd point too. You and deserve I, it. And I think that you know we'll have our a package where it needs to be so yeah. that we can be comfortable after that. I, I hope so. So. I kept you for almost 19 minutes, and I end it in my interviews with, with the same thing. So I believe for someone to be successful in whatever industry, whatever path that they choose, they need to have three things. Mm -hmm. One, they need to have talent, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. They have to have talent. Number two, they have to work hard at that talent, like ridiculously hard at that talent. And third, number three is right place, right time. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to call yourself successful... Hmm. Right place, right time. Right place, we can kind of control because we can kind of put ourselves in that position. So if we're a musician, we're like, well, we got to go to Nashville to be in the right place. Mm -hmm. But the right time, it's impossible to control because that's the galaxy. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember your, like, you're successful, Art, 
and you're happy, you're doing great. What was your right place, right time to get you in front of this microphone with me right here, right now? It was in May of 2018 when I had uh, acquired the two companies from my in-laws a month prior in April and had brought both boys on board. Uh, wow. Sam, Sam started in October 17 and Mike came on Memorial Day of 2018. Was there a conversation well, like were, with everybody to be like, hey, this is my plan of attack. This is what I want to do. No. In fact, uh, I say that May of 2018 was the moment. Maybe it was about a year ago when the moment was because it took a couple years for my two boys to get into the groove. Sure. To grow into their sure. grooves. So for a couple of years, it was stressful, Yeah. Uh, answering questions, making sure people are doing the right things. Now people are comfortable doing what they're supposed to do. It's been about a year now that I've been a little more comfortable knowing that I've got people that are in the right places doing what they're supposed to be doing. Do you have, and I'll let you go with this, do you have any advice for any um, younger entrepreneurs? Yeah coming yeah. into the, the field of whatever they want to do. Like, I, what, what, what would you say to them? I would say, make your breakfast every day. I would say, start saving for retirement as soon as you get out of school. Because if on day one of your first job after college, you're putting 10% away to retirement, you'll never miss it. If you wait and say, I'll put to retirement six years later, you're going to miss that 10% cut. So I would say put away for retirement on day one or as soon as you can thereafter. Make your own breakfast. Live within your means. Don't buy more than you can. It's possible to have a vehicle that you're not paying payments on. It's possible to have a paid-for vehicle. It's possible to have a paid-for house. You just have to be maybe a little frugal is the right word. You don't have to be like the Joneses. Not all the time. And that's really hard. It's really hard. It was hard raising three kids on one income, and we went into debt doing it, trying to just keep up. But after 17 years of doing that and then doubling our income, it became easy to take that doubled income and just hammering away at everything. Art Thomas, president of MechTech and Diversified Construction, thanks for taking the time. Enjoy the celebration, 50 years, 20 years, all in one night here at Eclipse Craft Brewing Company in downtown Sunbury. Have a blast, man. Thank you. Thank you. Business on Tap, it's a podcast that features delicious beverages and fine small businesses right here in the Susquehanna River Valley. On behalf of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, I'm Chad Evans. Great to be with you. I'm joined here with Thad Benner uh, with Eclipse Brewing Company. Eclipse. Did I say that right, Thad? We did say Eclipse. We also call it Eclipse Crap Brewing Company. Oh, now wait a second. We craft our beer. Now, what's the difference? Eclipse Brewing Company, Eclipse Crap Crap Brewing Brewing Company. Company. Tell me the difference about that. That means we go to the back of the brewery, make our own beer. We do what needs to be done. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. So I'm Chad. You're Thad. You have a brother, Chad. I do have a brother, brother, Chad. There's a lot of Chads. (laughs) Not many Thads. So So, I'm comfortable with you. I know how to spell your name. You're co-owner of Eclipse Brewing Company. Yes, my brother Kurt and I um, started making beer in 1991, and now we have a brewery. You and your family are from the area originally, right? Yes, we're fourth-generation Sunbarians. Okay. Okay, so you felt the need that there should be a craft brewery in downtown Sunbury? Yes. Why did you think that? 
well, not only being the fourth generation um, son Barian on my father's side, um, it's just something we've been looking into doing for quite some many years. Uh, <clears throat> we picked Sunbury uh, for the reason that we did grow up here. We knew the people. We knew it would be a viable option to actually be here in Sunbury. Were you a connoisseur of beer? Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. Did you, um, did you envy the likes of like Yingling Brewery? and the, Exactly. Um, so tell me that. Uh, in 1991, before I was even 20 years old, my older brother, Curtis, uh, comes to me and says, hey, you want to make some homemade beers, what they called it back then. The, the, the craft wasn't even in, it was a home brew, homemade beer. That didn't even come into mention. Um, so we actually started doing uh, craft brew in my mother's basement. How uh, did you do that? Did you get fine? Did you take a class? Well, we did, or did, you not, well, we did a little research, um, and we did it in five-gallon plastic buckets. Uh, the nice part of it is our first couple, two, three uh, brewer, brews that we did were magnificent. Um, then they started to turn out to be uh, not so magnificent, um, and we found the flaws that we were doing. So I like to say we had magnificent failures. Okay. Well, yeah. that's what you need in business. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. How did you know a beer was good, and how did you know a beer was not good? Because people have different palates. Like, how do you know what's good and what's not? The, the palate thing will come back to. Um, everyone has such a distinctive taste for beer, and it helps if you're around other beer people that have good palates and have good judgment and have been around for a long time. Like a focus group. Like a focus group. We actually belong to a focus group. has about 80 members in it. Um, they're called the PAAlers. These people have been making beer even longer than we have, and they know their stuff. So it's very good to be able to lean on other people to try to figure out what's going on. Bob Garrett's talking in the background. I know. I hear so that. should we go all like... Delilah, <laughs> just talk softly. Maybe no. we should just talk softly. We should talk very softly. All right. Uh, well, let's no. talk that. How about we talk about the beer that's in front of us right now? Because I have a pumpkin beer. Can you tell me a little bit about this pumpkin beer? Well, now the pumpkin beer comes from. This is actually pumpkin from last year. Is that right? A lot of people don't understand this, but if you want to do a pumpkin this year. You have to harvest the pumpkins from last year. Because you can't harvest them this year? They're not ready yet. Why? So what we do is we actually um, have a pumpkin party. And we usually get about 125, 150 pounds of gooseneck pumpkins. Gooseneck? Those are the real pumpkins. Those are the real pumpkins. And what we'll do is uh, have a pumpkin peeling party. A pumpkin peeling party. And it's usually uh, pretty nice for the first couple gooseneck pumpkins. Where's the pumpkin peeling party? Well, we Where do, do you that, have that at? We, we have a makeshift uh, party in the brewery itself. Set up uh, special tables and uh, we, we have at it. Is that right? <laughs> I was never invited to the pumpkin peeling party. Well, let me tell you something. It does involve the pumpkin peeling, and it will involve other craft brew. <laughs> does it go all night long? 
It could. It, dep- it depends on how much help you have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could be a two-hour thing. It could be four. It could be six. So the Greater Susquehanna, Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, they're out here. We did the whole ribbon cutting uh, for our friend Art Thomas right. with MechTech and Diverse Construction, Diversified Construction. And this is his party at yes. your venue. Yes. You and Kurt with Eclipse Craft Brewing Company yes. in downtown Sunbury. And they're having their announcements going on right now. But you and I are going to talk about Still keep a going. pumpkin peeling yeah. party. Because yeah. that's kind of funny. That is, yeah. yeah. We try to make it fun. Yeah. I mean, any, anyone that's been here, and I get that a lot on uh, the reviews um, that I see on Google and Facebook, is uh, they usually say it's a fun atmosphere. We keep it light, that's for sure. Nothing serious going on here. Um, keep the beer good, the pizza good, service good, keep it light. People keep coming back. We appreciate that. Do you find it a struggle to find um, ways to keep those taps up to date? We do. Um, you know, to, to keep grinding and finding ideas with you and Kurt and to we, put we new do. The, the, the ideas come. The struggle is trying to maintain uh, what we already have on tap as far as trying to keep the main ones that people like the most are one, two, three, four, and five uh, um, styles of beer that always want to be there. It's hard to keep that and hard to do new styles. Um, I don't, I don't want to boast that we have 16 taps. At the same time, that's a lot of taps. At the same time, it's not enough taps. Um, we could always use more taps. We recently converted three soda taps into beer taps, um, but we just keep moving right along. The pandemic itself has treated us very well. Uh, we did a little bit of an error where we weren't quite sure what the governor was going to do again as far as, like, is he going to shut us down? Or are we going to have another three weeks just to go stuff? So we kind of laxed on making... That's all for you, Fed. Yeah, thanks. We kind of laxed on making some beer, so it actually put us behind. Um, but you learn from your mistakes. We know from now on, uh, anything ever comes down the road again for a pandemic or what have you, we're gonna, production is going to stay. Yeah. Yeah, you got to keep it rolling. Um, we found that uh, even in bad times, people like the craft brew. Good times, they love the craft brew. Bad times, they like it. Yeah. So, is it, so it is recession proof. It is recession proof. It really is. Yeah, we've learned that. We've learned that. Yeah. It really is recession proof. Yeah. In any industry, it's really hard to find um, good, hardworking people. In this right. Day and age. Right. And that's a huge obstacle for again any industry. But how are you guys getting through? Well, now I'm pulling triple duty. Yeah. So it is what it is. I mean, if you got to put extra effort into it, you're going to put the extra effort into it. It's it's by design. It's by no choice. It's by choice. It is what it is. If you want to keep the ball rolling, you got to keep kicking it, regardless if you have the rest of the team there or not. I do give a lot of uh, accolades to uh, the team that I have. Most of them have been with me since uh, almost day one. Uh, So I, I... uh, and I appreciate that. So what's next for craft brewing? Well, is it on the incline or downcline, in your opinion? I haven't seen any downcline. I've seen 
they, they, they say, like, if you open up a restaurant, 50% of them will fail. They say if you open up a brewery, 20% will fail. I haven't even seen that 20%. I've seen about 5%. Um, just what I see, other ones uh, not making it. Sometimes it could be a location. Sometimes um, it could be staffing issues. Some, sometimes people figured out it's a lot of work. Um, but I see most craft breweries staying in business. Um, I don't think it's going anywhere soon. We're actually looking to expand into a second location. The problem being what I mentioned before was um, we run out of beer too quick. Uh, we are operating um, on a four-barrel system, which doesn't even make us a microbrewery. We're known as a nanobrewery. Still nano, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> The, the one down below that is a gastro. Yeah. So we're just really relatively small. So we're looking at a second location um, to get into a 12-barrel system. Okay. The second location, if that goes the way according to plan, we could actually open up a third location too and feed off all that one system. So it'll be a second location soon. We're actually looking at it in February 2019 and then the pandemic hit. Okay. But... That's a good thing for us. Um, one thing we learned a tremendous amount of things because of the pandemic. Uh, we learned about outside seating, which we never done before. We learned about outside venues. We learned about inside what people want different. So it forced you to learn. It forced us to learn. It was one of those huh. yeah. very, very good learning experiences like you would have never known. Now, going forward, now we know way more what to do as far as, like, opening up a new brewery. That's fantastic. With Eclipse, the word Eclipse, I mean, the, the, the name of the brewery, the craft brewing company, yes. is very important. Yes. Because right? it creates a vibe. It creates a vibe. Yes, Within this does. industry, you create a vibe. Yes. You have a tremendous vibe yes. Yes. here in downtown Sunbury, yes. as you could hear. Right. <laughs> so, Eclipse, why did we decide on this name? Why did we decide on this vibe? Why? Eclipse is a name that's hard to forget. It's a very catchy name, and you can do a lot with it. As far as, like, uh, marketing, um, it's very easy to do something that is uh, space-themed. And we're kind of spacey anyway, so it kind of <laughs> it kind of fit the whole narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think we have a, a, an excellent name, um, and we're going to keep it for years to come. So you're part owner of a brewery, which right. is pretty badass. Yeah, and there's a lot of people out there that want to do that. It's kind of my superpower. It is kind of your yeah. superpower. <laughs> this is your full time gig, right? This is my full time. Now gig. listen. When I first met you, it wasn't, right? No, we both had part-time jobs. Yeah, you um, had other things to do. <laughs> we had other things to do, but now it, uh, this has completely consumed uh, my entire life. Yeah. Is this what you thought it would be? It's a lot more work. Sitting um, here right now, is this what you thought it would be? It'd be? It's a lot more work than you thought. It's a lot more work. In what, in what way is that? Well, when you can't find employees, for one. Um, yeah. and, and every business is struggling for that, um, especially when they throw you a curveball like, a, like COVID. Uh, well, that's, that's just something. Yeah. 
we never ever thought we were going to ride something like that out. Um, the first two weeks when we were closed, I actually enjoyed it. I had a vacation. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I'll kick my feet back <laughs> and see what happens. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. uh, um, it's constantly, like you said, uh, what, what can you do new? What, what, what's going to be innovative? The one thing that I can tell you is we went from when we first opened up, we offered four craft brews. We now offer over 55 drinks. 55 different drinks? <laughs> Yeah. Do you have you don't have fifty five taps though, do you? No, no, we do. But you crap, have, um, we do crab brew, we do mixed drinks, we do lots of different wines. Uh, next week we will be starting mimosas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did so, see a sign that says uh, "Tickle My Pickle." You got pickle shots we here. Got, we got pickle shots. Um, actually, <laughs> our shot menu is going to expand. Uh, we have pickle shots. We have jalapeno. You have shots. the spicy, the spicy pecker. The spicy pecker. Yeah, um, we're going to be expanding on <laughs> the shot department. You really have to accommodate um, for the whole crowd. You're not going to get away from that. Um, Hats off to people that can just serve craft brew, and that's it. Right. In this area, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, And we don't mind accommodating. We we really don't. Um, It's fun. It's uh, you can see there's the the play on words, obviously. Um, And we have a we have a fun time with our pizzas too. The pizzas we did not have on board when we first started. We actually wanted to start with pizzas. Uh, We just didn't have the money to do it. the pizzas sometimes and what i've been seeing a lot of brew fest is people will go oh you're the place that has those those pizzas over there the the great pizzas the and uh, we've been there before for the pizza um that's a good give and take it's all homemade it's all homemade oh yeah i just had it i think for the first time i might have had it years ago maybe i don't remember yeah but it's different But we do a lot of it's different. It's really, really good. Yeah, we do a lot of different pizzas. We have uh, our most popular one is called the Big Mac pizza. The Big Mac. It's pizza. basically like eating a Big Mac without the sesame seeds. Um, <laughs> you didn't throw that in the and pizza. Then, no, no, nobody wants okay. the diverticulitis anyway. So. <laughs> All right, that's uh, fair. Uh, we do a lot of other specialty pies like Eero pizzas, um, or a lot of people will call it gyro. Uh, we do things like that. We do something called the Hogs and Maui. Now, that's a twist on a Hawaiian pizza. Um, we also do garlic parmesan with chicken and bacon. We do vegetable pizzas. We do um, the other ones. The, the Hogs and Maui is pretty famous, like I said. But I have lots of different people coming in. They'll start from the top and just work their way down on okay. our specialty pies. We, we really don't do that many sauce and cheese pizzas. They're mostly all specialty pies. Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Um, I can see myself in the future being an entrepreneur. But as far as like... But right now, you own a craft beer yeah, company. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a build-up. I think in the future... You just keep going and going and going and see what it comes into. Well, what's, what's the next step? The next step would be the second location where we need to expand. We, we, actually, we, we, we don't want to do it. We need to do it. Um, it's inevitable. It's, it's got to happen. Um, we just can't keep up with the production now. So um, um, it's going to happen. We, right now we're looking at uh, 
two different towns. One is Mifflinburg. Um, the, really? winner, the winner might be Milton. Uh, there's nothing going over in Milton, Pennsylvania right now. Um, and I think we, ha- we would have a good reception in both areas. If we do something in Milton, it would be big. Well, if I, we do something in Mifflinburg, it'll be scaled down slightly. Well, you have a really good product. Yes. Yeah, you know, and, that, and that's something that... That helps. Yeah, <laughs> that certainly <laughs> helps. Yeah, you got to keep... You got to want them to come back. Yeah. The, the short amount of time that you have been here, you've created a pretty good buzz. Yes. What, uh, why do you think that is? What uh, do you hold that accountable for? Like, why do you have a great buzz in this area, in your personal opinion? It's easy to say you're going to make beer. Can you make good beer? I honestly say we can make good beer. The one thing with our beer philosophy is, if we don't like it, it's not going to get served. It's just that simple. Um, we have dumped batches of beer. We have turned batches of beer into moonshine, if it did not turn out right. Um, we have scrapped recipes where we thought, well, was it mediocre? Was it good? Do we go back? Do we try again? A lot of these things are, let's try it again. We'll do something different. And you will get it right. And we do get it right. Once you get it right, it's, it feels good. It feels good to look at the other end of the bar and see people with a smile on their face or see that Facebook reaction where they go, oh, we got to get in there. Their <laughs> pumpkin's ready. And the pumpkin is uh, limited. Yeah. Once, once it's gone, it's gone. Um, we have some thing. Uh, one thing that we couldn't count on is uh, the thorny prick. Um, it's a raspberry honey ale. We never knew that it was going to be a mainstay beer. Um, we kind of developed this one to be wine esque. Is this your go to, the thorny prick? The thorny Because I've heard about the thorny prick. Yeah. I've tasted yeah. the thorny yeah. prick. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's a go to. Um, we actually have people, it almost seems like they'll riot to get the thorny prick back if we don't have it on tap. So we try to make <laughs> well, we sure. we don't want that to happen. Yeah, we try to make sure that we always keep that on tap. Um, and, I, and I want to get back to um, when I was talking about. Yeah, please. Um, we belong to the PA Ailers and what they've done for us. We know certain people in that organization where they know certain things to do with certain beers and they excel at it. Like, some of them just make sour beers, which are very, very popular. Um, and the one fellow, I can drop a name here, Scott Wilson, who has over 30 awards for his sour beers, actually came to the brewery and showed us how to do it. And he said he, he didn't even care that we used his name, um, which is called Brave Tart. And from there, we've evolved it. We've evolved it into a mango sour. We've evolved it into a cherry sour. Now, all you got to do is take the same sour and add cherries. Or you add mango. Um, very popular. We just we just feel so lucky to have those kind of beers. It's the demand keeping up with those beers. Yeah. And the other the other thing would be uh, I think the pizzas are actually honestly actually pretty good. They're they're, they're pretty really different. Good. They're different. They're specialty pies. And my crew um, does very well. Um, the one girl I have here, uh, her name is Colleen. She's been with me almost since day one. They showed the love and support of her when she got sick, mm, and yeah. we put a donation jar out, That's and it was quite full, 
quite some days in a row. Yep. And after three weeks of coming back, that feels good that people actually care. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know you're doing something right when that many people care. You're exactly right. Not only did you create a product, but you created a brand. Yeah. And the brand is sometimes better than the product, right? Right. right. You created a brand. Right. In a very short amount of time. And I think it has a lot to do with you, Kurt, and the personality and the vibe of the place. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? And yep. I think that's really what's what's going on. Oh. That's just my opinion. Okay. And what am I drinking? You this have the, the pumpkin. pumpkin, and it's good that you got the pumpkin. Because it don't I got, last long. I got, I got so, the cinnamon around the, the rim? Well, we actually call that angel dust. Yeah. Angel dust? Angel dust, yeah. Well, it's delicious. <laughs> Let me just finish this Okay. So is this it for you? Are you going to be, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life? I'll probably die on a bar stool. Okay. Yeah. Which right, is so, fine. Which is fine. So after I interview everybody, I I think there's three things that you need to become successful. Three things to become successful in your world, in that person's world. Okay. You need to have talent, right? You need to work hard at that talent. That's your second one. The third one is right place, right time. Absolutely. Yeah. And the right place we can do but the right time we have absolutely no control of it right which is incredible right what was your right place right time do you remember i i i would say we knew a lot of people in the right place at the right time um we actually went to a lot of different breweries that were already up and running and they did nothing but help us wow um uh, a special shout out would be at a rock guys in danville yeah they didn't know us. They said, yeah, come over. We'll talk to you. They basically told us everything not to do. And, okay. And that is a tremendous amount of what to do. Yeah, sure. Is when you know what not to yeah. do. Fantastic. The, pit, the pitfalls of it. Yeah. Nobody ever wants to tell you pitfalls. But when someone's honest enough to tell you, don't do this, don't do that, stay away from this, stay away from that, that helps you out tremendously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I can never take credit for doing this myself. Um, Curtis, he's definitely a behind-the-scenes guy, but he's amazing on a computer. He's amazing at research. Okay. And yeah. uh, he researched the F out of this. <laughs> yeah. And we probably did research for three years. Sure. Um, Before even... After that, we started to get serious. The first three years, we're not serious. We're just seeing, can we do it? Is it viable? Is it possible? Yeah. And then once we started to going, going to uh, auctions to buy equipment, then we started getting pretty serious about it. Um, but, yeah, from here on out. Uh, and you're having fun. We are. Um, we are. Look, you're having fun. We're having fun. Yeah. You're making beer, and people are drinking it. <laughs> and you're here on a podcast yeah. with me. Yeah. With Business on Tap with the greatest husband of the Chamber of <laughs> Hey, listen, Thad, I got to thank you t- uh, for taking a couple of minutes and chatting about you, Curtis, and the company here at Eclipse Craft Brewing Company in downtown Sunbury. And I hope everybody can come in uh, after they listen to this thing and grab grab some beer sure. and enjoy some pizza. Absolutely. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks thank so you. much. Thank you, Chad.